Hey everybody, it's Pastor Chip. Thank you for tuning in. So, uh, get your pens and papers out tonight. We're going to be a test afterwards. But I've been sitting here doing some online research and thinking and tying some things in to people, what people say in the Bible or about the Bible and what's said in the Bible. So the topic of this one is is time, right? Um, I was in a church not long ago. An old preacher said he believed that the literal 24 hours in a day thing that God said in the Bible. Well, God didn't say that in the Bible. I'm not sure where people get that from. He never said that. But anyway... Um, do you go out at night, I, everybody here, everybody that's hearing my voice is under the same heaven, the canopy of heaven that I am, right? So you can go up at night and you can look up at the moon and during the day you can see the sun and that's in our solar system. We can't really see the other planets. I mean, if you're an astronomy guy, you know how to look for Mars and those guys when light's hitting them at certain times you can see them and um, with the naked eye but um, you know pretty much we see the moon and the sun that's the closest and the furthest uh, that we have a relationship with in our life because we revolve around the sun you know we get our heat from the sun it, keeps us alive and but if you look up there in space at the stars all oh, the thousands of stars that are thousands of light years or whatever away from us <coughs> excuse me these are all different places that are in our in we can't say our world or in our galaxy and our in space that we're not just in a bubble. God didn't create just us in a bubble. He created the heavens and the earth. He says the heavens and the earth. The heavens include everything that is not the earth. Not just our heaven, the heavens. Um, incidentally, Alpha Centauri is the closest solar system of the thousands of solar systems out there, but it's the closest one to, <clears throat> to us. And Alpha Centauri is 4.37 light years away from us, 4.37 light years So, I want to read something to you. It's in Genesis. Um, Genesis 1.14. Now, now Genesis 1.13, it says, So the evening and the morning were the third day. 
the evening and the morning. That He had created up until the third day. And then Genesis 14, God said, Let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night, and let them be for signs and seasons for days and years. 15 says, and let them be for lights in the firmament of the heavens to give light on earth, and it was so. Verse 16 says, then God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. He made the stars also. Wow. You hear that? He made the stars also. He set them in the firmament of the heavens to give light on earth and to rule over the day and over the night and to divide the light from the darkness. God saw that it was good, so the evening and the morning were the fourth day. Guess what? There was no time before. There was no day There was no night. There was no time. In Genesis 1-1, between Genesis 1-1 and 1-2, is the greatest expanse of time in the Bible. There is no explanation for it. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Period. The earth was without form and void. It's the second verse. There is no time differentiation, explanation, determination between one and two. That's not my opinion. That's theological academia. The greatest void of time between one and two. So then you go all the way down to 14. He made all this stuff, but there was no light, no stars, no sun, No moon, no light, until the fourth day. Let me read you something I found on the internet. Well, first of all, I need to read you this verse, because this verse is what this is is about. So let's flip over to 2 Peter. 2 Peter 3... Verse 8. But beloved, do not forget this one thing, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. Everybody says, oh, he's just saying it. That's not right because 24-hour period. Remember, God didn't wear a Swiss watch. God created the Swiss watch. There was no time. Remember that? No time in the first three days in the Bible. There's no time, no sun, no light, no moon to divide the hours of the day. There was no time. I don't care what you say. Read the Bible. There's no time. All right? But listen to this. Peter reminds the believers not to lose heart because God is working on a different timetable. For a human being, if something doesn't happen within a matter of years, then we may miss it. 
God, however, is not limited by the same constraints of time because with the day, with the Lord, a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years are like a day. Time is simply not an issue with God because he has an unlimited amount of it. If the average person sees something in a store, it makes no difference whether it costs a penny or a dime, even though one is ten times more expensive than the other. If a billionaire wanted to buy a piece of property, it might make no difference to him whether it costs 50000 or 500000 or even $5 million. This is the idea of the verse. Both a day and a thousand years are such minuscule amounts of time to God that it really makes no difference to him. Do you understand? Everybody tries to put God in a box, right? Because they can't explain God, so we're going to put God in a box. It's called 24-hour days. We didn't have time. We didn't have watches. We didn't have stock. We didn't even exist. How can you put God into a box? Well, let's go back and look at some stuff I was talking about Alpha Centauri. Alpha Centauri is 4.3 light years away. When you go outside and look up at night and you look at all those stars in the sky, the Alpha Centauri solar system, 4.3 light years away. What's a light year, you ask? Well, a light year <coughs> is the distance light can travel in a calendar year. You know, it's 365 days. So light, the speed of light, is 186,000 miles per second, or 671 miles per hour, okay? That light, when you flip on a light and the light comes on in the room, it's traveling 186,000 miles per second. It smacks you so fast you can't even tell it was moving. So, 186,000 miles per second, or 671 miles per hour, is the speed of light. And it can travel 6 trillion miles in one of our years, 365 days. Wow. So, if... 4.3 4.3 light years is 6 trillion miles per year for 6 24 trillion mi- wow i mean you just bigger numbers than this boy's head can go man well let me put it in perspective for you if the space shuttle because in space, you know, they can travel a lot faster than they can here on Earth because there's no resistance. It's weightless, and, you know, once you get up, propel it however fast you want it to go, it just goes on, right? So the space shuttle, if it was traveling at 17,600 miles per hour, can you imagine going that fast? Man, what you going to do if it... If a little asteroid runs out in front of you like a squirrel on the road, how are you going to slam on brakes at 17,600 miles per hour? 
Woo! Anyway, if you're in the space shuttle and you're going to Alpha Centauri and you're traveling 17,600 miles per hour, it would take you, now granted, you wouldn't live long enough, but it would take 165,000 years to get there. Wow. Isn't that crazy? So, science today has computed all the stars and the heavens and how their paths are and how they rotate. Um, like Haley's Comet and the different ones that come and go. And I was watching a thing on TV. They found these um, monuments, these um, oh, what are they called? Glyphs. Uh, anyway, the stone buildings, and they mono monoliths. They uh, figured out that they were tracking a star. They went so far back with the computer calculations and the movements of the stars and their patterns and how the Earth turns and how many you know all that stuff. And they figured out that these people built these things about 11,000 B.C., before Christ. 11,000 B.C. Can you imagine... We want to try and nail down creation to the Bible back to a couple of thousand years. But scientifically, we can prove that this planet has been here way longer, way longer. That's not saying... God created Adam and Eve at the first time he created the heavens and the earth. Is it? Or is it? Or did God take time to ferment the earth? Make it pretty for us. Put plants on it. Was all that stuff done instantaneously in the blink of an eye? Over time? Was there an earth before, who knows? Who really, really knows? Now, I know there's some people out there that are going, no, you can't go against the Bible, you can't go this, you can't go that. But you know what? What are you, how can you prove? I mean, let me ask you this. If God created Adam and Eve, did Adam and Eve have belly buttons? I mean, a belly button is for somebody that was fed through the umbilical cord, right? In a womb. 
So if Adam and Eve were created, did they have a belly button? Or did God give them a Pillsbury Doughboy, push them in the belly, make them a belly button? Then there's people that are going to argue that we're created in the image of God and we had belly, they had belly buttons. And people are like, well, no, they were created by God. They didn't have to have belly buttons. What difference does it make? What difference does it make? You see, I talked about this Sunday in a sermon. You're missing the whole mark. It's good... Excuse me. It's good to read these things. It's good to expand your knowledge, to understand the context, (laughs) the exegesis, how things were written, why, the wording, the translation, the time periods. It puts some things in a better perspective. But what's the bottom line? The bottom line is God sent his son to die on the cross for us. That whosoever believeth in him and repents of his sins should not perish. If you believe in Jesus, you you know, you can say, I believe in Jesus. I believe he was a prophet. Well, so do the Muslims. The Jews believe that Jesus was a a person. But do you believe he was the son of God? That he died on the cross for our sins? That he rose on the third day? Ascended to heaven to the to the throne? If you believe that with all your heart, without the shadow of a doubt, more than anything else in the world, and you profess it, that It's what matters, people. What I wear to church on Sunday, whether I have tattoos that you can see or can't see, whether I don't eat kosher food or drink something I shouldn't drink or smoke a cigarette, none of those things matter. None of them matter. If you open your mouth and you judge somebody, who is the lesser of the person? The person who is trying, who God put in your path that you're supposed to witness to, but you decide to criticize them or judge them, or the person that is in your path and they have a pure heart and they don't let you get them down or what if you do get them down maybe God will send somebody else in their path who's going to be the one who's the wor- in the worst shape you know if the guy shows up and he's got a full body tattoo and he asks for forgiveness and repentance and repents and that tells Christ he wants him to come into his heart that's between him and Christ Does those tattoos going to send him to hell? Not if he's forgiven. I don't understand these churches and these people. They tell a 
an unsaved person or whatever that the tattoos are going to send them to hell. And then when the person gets a tattoo that's saved, they, they forget that they're washed in the blood. People, we, we get wrapped around the axle about the minutest thing. You know what? When you go out tonight or tomorrow and you look up at the stars in the heavens, think about how beautiful it is. And the next time somebody asks you, how good is your eyesight? You say, well, it's pretty good. On a, on a good day, I can see all the way to the sun. You know, on a clear night, I can see millions of miles away these stars that are shining in the universe that God created with his own hands. Let me tell you where that's mentioned. In Genesis 1, 14, 15, 16, he talks about creating the heavens and the earth and the stars, and he made the day and the night. Open the door to a conversation with somebody. Share with them the love of Christ. Don't look at their clothes. Don't look at their hair. Don't look at their tattoos. Don't look at the cigarette in their hand or the beer in their hand or how big they are, how skinny they are. You look at that person and you look at them as the child of God that was created in his image. And that's all. That's all you need to do. You know, there's one more verse I want to leave you with. Second Timothy. Second chapter. 23rd verse. But avoid foolish and ignorant disputes knowing that they generate strife. You know what? If you aren't God, don't dare think that you know what God means to say to people. He tells you to be a light and a witness. He doesn't tell you to judge. He doesn't tell you to tell them they're dressed wrong. He tells you to be a light. He tells you to go out and preach the gospel. The gospel is the good news. Preach the good news of what Christ has done for you in your life. And this is Pastor Chip. Thank you for listening. God bless. Welcome on board to the people from Trinidad and Tobago. I just picked up not long ago. Ghana. And all over the world, people are listening. God bless you. Thanks for tuning in. Remember us in your prayers. Please pray for my friend Crystal. Um, she's got a cancer she's dealing with. And don't forget um, Kylie. P please pray for little Kylie. She's struggling with her cancer treatments. God bless. Be safe. And everyone have a safe day.